are tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, everyone, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV's special spotlight on with showrunners. And I am Koori Takei, and I've got a very, very, very special guest with me. I've got Johnny Green, Hi. or at the John Show. Yeah, that's some, I, I, I force people to refer to me as my Twitter handle in real life. It, it's very awkward and annoying, but you know, what? <laughs> it helps get my brand out there, and that's a big part of Hollywood, so it's important. Yes, that's very true. And so this is the show where we talk about. Uh, people who really make everything work behind the scenes. Yeah. They're very, very important people. Without them, nothing would be created or in full effect. So, Johnny, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and where you come from and why you're so important in the YouTube world. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that's not setting me up uh, for uh, high expectations at all. Um, so, yeah, my name is uh, Jonathan Green. Uh, in the YouTube world, I am by far the second most popular Jonathan Green. Uh, there is a, uh, if you've heard of The Fault in Our Stars or mm. uh, 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 The Vlog Brothers, there is a John Green out there that uh, has done amazing don't things care about for this YouTube. One. What about you? <laughs> well, he's done a lot for YouTube, especially, <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to uh, talk bad about the other John Green. Um, but yeah, I'm a different John Green. Uh, I work with the Fine Brothers, Benny and Rafi Fine, who um, run YouTube.com slash the Fine Bros and YouTube.com slash React. Those are our two uh, main channels. Our first channel has like roughly 12.2 million subscribers. It's one of the top 20 channels uh, in the world. Uh, and uh, our second channel, which we launched about seven months ago, uh, youtube.com slash react, uh, hit a million subscribers in less than five days. So it was like it broke all kinds of ground in terms of uh, like v- viewership mm-hmm. and subscribers. And like we were so blown away because we had this main channel. And we're like, oh, I wonder if we created more content, if people would flock to that. And man, did they. And it was so powerful. So I basically, I'm the COO of Fine Brothers Entertainment, which is the company that runs those two main channels. And for our viewers, how did you get involved with the Fine Brothers? The great story. Great story. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I moved out to L.A. probably about 10 years ago, um, just, you know, in trying to pursue my love of production. And I, I, was, I was like a live... TV director back in Western Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So I was that guy in sub control. If you ever see like the SNL promos with the guy sitting in front of a thousand buttons and a hundred TV screens, like that was me. I was doing that for the local news. Sort of what Mark is doing right now, but a little more monitors behind oh, it. Mark in the engineering <laughs> booth, by the way, guys. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I was doing that, but I was making like minimum wage and I just wasn't like, you know, and I was still working a dry cleaner. So I was like, screw it. I'll move out to LA. I really want to, you know, do production. I figured a live director in Western Massachusetts equaled at least a production assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came out here for that. I ended up working at a startup company that was trying to do like live streaming stuff, yeah. like Justin TV or Ustream or Stick'em or that all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I hired Rafi Fine as my production assistant. So that's so this, funny. Yeah, this was about. Um, 
I don't know, maybe like seven, eight years ago now. Um, but this was, you know, and before they were, like, their channel had even, like, I don't know. This They probably, when I met him, they probably only had, like, 5,000 subscribers maybe well, on YouTube. So hold on for a second, just uh, backtracking. Rafi wanted uh, to, he had a YouTube channel at the time with his brother. Yeah. Um, but they were not popular at the time. No, they had like maybe like 2,000 or 5,000 subscribers. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the law. But that's not, that's not, that's certainly not enough subscribers right. to have a full time like job and like quit everything else. Like you're not going to get enough views to pay your rent with that many subscribers. So at that time, they were looking for production assistant jobs. So they were looking for, I think, any work. Okay. I think, I think uh, Benny was writing at the time uh, or looking for like writing gigs and yeah Rafi is kind of like the uh, the nails guy you know and the the brick and mortar guy who's looking for like actual hands-on production work he, he's the editor he's very technically oriented so he was looking for production work and we were looking for a production assistant and I was kind of just interviewing people mm-hmm. on air mm-hmm. as they came in for their job interview and we just got along so well our sense of humor matched and I was just like oh, I want to work with this guy and yeah. we maintained that relationship and over time, yeah, it's a good, great relationship to have. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> it's like now you guys are working together and yeah. now you've got a solid position. Um, question, though, I know uh, that you worked with them on a podcast as well, right? Oh, yeah. So that was the other thing. So we were like, <laughs> yes, like that's my claim to fame is that I hired Rafi as my PA. Um, but we like throughout that job and afterwards, like we were very close friends. I, I became close friends with Benny. Um, that company went under after like a year or two. Uh, we parted ways, but we were still close friends. And I was always fascinated by podcasts. I just loved them. I always wanted to do them. I still want to do them now. No, um, you're doing one right now. Well, yes. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to do it like all the time. Like yeah. I just, I wish I, I wish I had the free time to do a weekly podcast. Um, but we weren't working together at the time. Um, I was working in an agency. I think maybe they were just starting out to try and do YouTube full time. And I was just like, hey, let's get together and let's do a podcast. Like, I'll do everything Mm because they were already crazy busy. I was like, I'll bring microphones to your house and my little mixer and I'll record it myself and I'll edit it together and I'll upload it. Like, you guys just have to, like, hang out for an hour or two and we'll record this podcast together. And so I pitched them for this idea called uh, the All We Know podcast that was literally a podcast about all we knew about certain topics. So it's like whatever we may have heard like bits and pieces of either through like CNN or Reddit or like NPR or something throughout the week, we just have pieces of information. We're not very intellectually qualified to discuss anything, Uh but we're going to tell you literally all we know about these major news stories. So we basically go across like the board, like U.S. News, World News, Entertainment. We'd cover these things and we'd mention one thing and then the three of us would just kind of guess what the story was. And it was really fun and it was great and we did it for about uh, three years. We probably had, yeah, but it was uh, maybe only like 60 or around 60 episodes or so over those three years but um that's like every every couple weeks yeah every couple weeks yeah yeah. so what was the turning point for the fine brothers and how were you involved with that turning point i think there were a couple turning points for them i think the first turning point was when they decided to go full-time with their youtube channel Uh which was probably if i may be wrong but it was probably around when their when the first kids react kind of went viral um that's kind of what the Fine Brothers are known for, is the Kids React, Teens React, Elders React, and YouTubers React. Those are our biggest series. 
Um, and when they were playing around with different formats, once I think it was around the time of the very first Kids React, which is when they decided, okay, screw it, we're not going to take other jobs, we're just going to throw everything into this mm-hmm. and see if we can somehow make this work and actually make a living, just the two of them, off of their YouTube channel. So I, I would say that's their first turning point is when YouTube became sustainable just for them financially. Um, and then the second turning point, I would say, is when we officially founded the company, yeah. um, which was in November or December 2011. Um, YouTube at the time had come out with this original channels initiative mm-hmm. where they were funding, I think they, they had like $100 million and they were going to fund all these different YouTube channels um, and create all this original content programming so that hopefully they could have like high, you know, premium quality mm-hmm. stuff on the, the site and maybe charge, you know, and be able to get advertisers more excited about that content as opposed to everybody seeing YouTube as like cat videos and like, you know, and user generated stuff, like higher production value stuff. So that the Fine Brothers ended up um, lobbying and getting one of those channels in that initiative, and that gave us the seed money to actually incorporate, get office space. That's when they hired me away from the agency, and that's when we first got our first employees together as Fine Brothers Entertainment. So you're pretty much like the unspoken third Fine Brother. That's the way, yes, the way I describe (laughs) myself is I am the um, tallest, uh, least Jewish, uh, (laughs) unrelated Fine Brother. That's that's kind of, yeah, that's my bio. So you've been You've been with them um, just all the way through? Since we started the company, since 2011. Yeah. Okay, but you've been with them even before? Well, yeah, in, in a friend capacity yeah. and, like, co-workers previously. So yeah. when when they decided, when the, the fine company really launched yeah. in 2011, they said... You have to come with us. Yeah, I mean, they had I, they had been like jokingly trying to like pull me away even earlier. They Benny and Rafi Fine were actually two of the creators of what would become Maker Studios, uh-huh. which is a giant yeah, MCM Makers that just big. got bought by Disney. <laughs> yeah, but way back in the day, it was called the Station, and they were actually the two of the founding uh, people behind that. And they were at the time trying to get me to come and work there as uh-huh. like a head of production or something else, but I just couldn't like. Couldn't quite afford to to, to take sure, that leave at sure. the time. Um, it's scary. Yeah, but when this uh, YouTube original channels initiative came through, it was you know um, still a tough decision to make. But it's like you know, and your friends getting an amazing opportunity, and you getting to go and mm-hmm. you know, do that with them. So yeah. Well, how how have you been feeling about the success? And like, just, you guys have been growing so rapidly within the past six months. There's all this new stuff coming out all the time on Variety and Hollywood yeah. Reporter, et cetera, et cetera. So. How else has that? It's exhausting. (laughs) And it's exhausting, and I feel like nobody wants to hear about how exhausting it is because it's like there's so many people like hustling and, you know, and struggling and and trying to make it in this, you know, in in the city. And we are to such a, you know, an nth degree to ourselves just in the digital space, constantly trying to like prove our worth and prove our validity and like compete Mm -hmm. with major networks and traditional TV stations and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, we've been our the fans of our content and the views have just continuously rewarded every bit of like blood, sweat, and tears that we put into yeah. the company. And so every you know what I mean success that we get immediately feeds back into the company, and we're able to like get another computer or hire another editor, mm-hmm. or, like get more office space. Like we're just we're funneling everything that we have back into this company to help it grow and get even bigger, so we can do more shows and like. You know, and more content and. Well, how do you feel about you know YouTube being the future of you know entertainment? Because 
obviously you got all these YouTube stars and all these TV star uh, TV sh- uh, TV places wanting YouTube stars to make it into yeah. the TV world. Like, how do you think that's working out nowadays? It's interesting because in my mind, like YouTube is so like clearly there. Like mm. there was this great variety article that came out, or it might have been the Hollywood Reporter. But they basically asked like thirteen to seventeen year olds, like, "Hey, who's your favorite like star? Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite celebrity?" And I could be wrong, but I think like seven of the top ten celebrities were YouTube stars. Uh, Smosh, a giant YouTube channel, was number one. The Fine Bros were like number two. That's like, pretty big. Above like Ryan Gosling and Jennifer Lawrence and like you know and Jared Leto or Heath Ledger, really? or all these people. Like there were YouTube stars above these people in the eyes of you know in these these like American teens, whoever they were pulled. Like I don't know, maybe it was all like LA teens that were Maybe super into YouTube or you something. You were at VidCon yeah. or something. Yeah. All, yeah it, the, the phone was taken at VidCon. If that was the case, then it would be incredibly biased. Um, but no, I think if anybody were to like go and you know, and they may not know who I am or the Fine Brothers mm-hmm. are, but if they have like a little sister or a younger cousin or something, if you were to go to that cousin and be like, hey, have you heard of Kids React? Like They would be like, oh my god, yes, what are you talking about? So the the younger generation is consuming so much of their content online and on their phone and on the tablet that it's not even an argument in my mind. It's that's so clearly the case. And YouTube personalities or stars that have built a loyal fan base and following are so powerful in mm-hmm. this new era because they have their own distribution. They have their own audience built into them already. Now TV's catching on. Yeah, and, and so it's a sort of question of like, well, why do they need the TV station or uh-huh. that record deal or that book deal or whatever it is that you're bringing them? Because it used to be a very transparent offering of what the other, what the other side was getting out of the equation. We're giving you an audience. We're giving you the marketing and the promotion for this. And that's not a selling point to big YouTubers. Big YouTubers have their audience already. They can release an album if they want to. They can make a movie and release it to the audience. So, so, as then, you've seen. so then why do the Fine Brothers decide to, um, you know, connect with Nickelodeon or... That's a perfectly great question because there are still great partnerships to be made. It's not like it's only YouTube and, mm. you know, and TV isn't going to get there. It's going to, there's going to be some great convergence in the future between both sides of this into whatever this technology becomes. Is that kind of like what you see in Netflix and Amazon and Hulu Plus and all that stuff with the streaming? Yes. I mean, they're definitely like trailblazing like the digital online only side of that. They're right. kind of creating their own studios. They're competing directly with like CBS and stuff like that. But, um, uh, I'm sorry. What was the original question? No, I completely okay. forgot. But well, no, it's about why part. It was about why <laughs> partner with with traditional networks like Nickelodeon yes. or whatever else. Because there are still uh, just because YouTube is big doesn't mean people still aren't watching TV. They are, especially the networks that are aggressively pursuing online distribution and putting their their clips up everywhere. Um, and those partnerships that is still where the majority of ad dollars are spent. I think mm-hmm. you're seeing that shift a little bit towards more money being spent on the digital side on YouTube. Yeah. But if you're looking for big ad revenue, it's still TV and, you know, I mean, that's where the money is going. So if you're looking to do something bigger budget, you're still going to need to have to partner up with a, a traditional, you know, and partner to help fund that to a degree. It just sounds like so many different mediums coming at your face and you're trying to sit there and juggle everything. So yes. how how do you juggle everything? I mean, you, I, you, you must have a life, I'm sure, but... <laughs> I have not much of a life. 
<laughs> I haven't had much of a life for about three years. Um, uh, it's a lot of lists. Um, it, you know, and I have a, I use Wunderlist. It's a great uh, task trapping app. I think I have about 20 or 25 different sets of mm-hmm. lists. Um, and you just do your best to surround yourself with really talented people that are energetic and passionate and, you know, and motivated and can help you accomplish yeah. that because, you know, I mean, the three of us are not going to like get done what we're able to do on a weekly basis. We're putting up like, I don't even know right now, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Nine to 12 videos a week between our channels. And these are like incredibly like intense, like, you know, in high production value stuff that, um, is yeah it's a challenge well what about um the creative process how do you guys decide what you want your your teens your kids your elders to react to um how does all that work out um it's a split between uh us doing our best to like have our finger on the pulse of what's popular Mm -hmm. and what's interesting and uh so we're constantly watching youtube we're constantly watching twitter we're constantly watching different you know in blogs that you know in trend the the you know in whatever's going viral Mm -hmm. or whatever's popular at the time and then we also look to our audience as well if you look at the comment section of any of our videos you're going to see hundreds and hundreds of comments that are like, react to this, react to this, react to this. And so a lot of that, we're like, sometimes we've heard of it, sometimes we haven't heard of it, and we look into it, and we're like, oh, my God. So our fans actually give us you know, a lot of interesting suggestions as well, and they help us prioritize suggestions if we see they're all asking for a certain thing that helps us prioritize or think about that. But then we also have to... Uh, justify all of that with if it will make a good episode or not because mm-hmm. um, if you look at our content it's not just like reacting to something it's reacting to something and then having a conversation about it right and you have to be able to figure out what's that deeper level what's that actual conversation and debate that you can have about that subject and what are the interesting opinions that you can pull out of that because you know and there could be an incredibly awesome viral video but when you think about it there's not much to talk about there you know what i mean it's kind of like a one-sided thing or it's like there's a, it's a very shallow discussion so we have to take all of what i said and then try and vet or uh, debate against each other whether or not we think that'll actually flesh out into a full like 10 minute episode so is there a lot involved when it comes to the editing process then Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and that's what the thing is that the those the shows like Kids React or Teens React it, they look so simple from like a mm-hmm. viewer perspective. Like, oh, it's just like a little kid and a table and a light, and you know, and that's it. Like, you kind of edit together <laughs> like twelve kids saying funny stuff, and you've got a hit video, and it's like, oh my god, is it not that? Um, because we're shooting so much with all these kids, and you have to go through all that footage, and you have to try and find a way of. Um, showcasing all the different opinions mm-hmm. while still having some kind of like through line that makes sense so it's not just a hodgepodge like all across the board um, and then you know we're just very intense with like the quality control in that like the sound mix and the color and the graphics and all that other stuff we're just like we're really uh, protective of the the content that we put out, so it takes so much time to really sure. perfect that. Well, yeah, you guys have really nice, clean videos. Yeah. So, um, how do you pick your kids? Another great question. Um, <laughs> it's um, one of the misconceptions is that they're all like actors or something like that. Like, especially when people find out, like, oh, we're in LA or in a Burbank, like, oh, it must all be actors. You're in Burbank. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> 
and we actually don't like we like real people like we we um you know and we post on instagram all the time mm-hmm. like when we're looking for new talent like unfortunately they need to be in southern california but we're constantly doing open casting calls for all the different generations we go to like nursing homes and retirement centers wow. and we like we we flyer and we talk to like entertainment directors or whatever else and we're like hey here's the show if any of your like seniors would be interested like that's so cute like we, you can come on or we'll go to local high schools or stuff like that are kids usually um found by their parents are the parents usually the ones that submit them or, or? i'm not i'm it's, i've been removed from that at least the, the the on the ground effort for a while um but my gut tells me it's a mixture of both because there's a lot of times especially if you're going to a high school or somewhere else that you're actually giving the information to kids like hey talk to your parents mm-hmm. like if you're interested like come out and like be a part of this thing uh, or at least kind of like screen tests like there is a kind of uh you know some yeah. part of that to like figure out so you're saying they are not actors they're just normal kids yeah. that want to help out or they're just <laughs> whatever they're just talkative or um uh you know and they have big personalities or big opinions and you know and they're mm-hmm. they're i mean there's all kinds of kids there's of quiet kids there's you know and shy kids there's rambunctious kids there's you know and they're all across the board and we just look for people that are comfortable honestly sharing their opinions and sharing like you know what they think about different things and aren't too like concerned about trying to you know what i mean like portray something or look good or like say the right thing like do we you, just want yeah do you get that with like celebrity reacts you know i know maria was on the yes, show at yes, some point. So maria. obviously our girl maria <laughs> yeah. was yeah. there and then also um what the Maisie from yes, Maisie williams Although she's actually, she wasn't on Celebrities React. She was just on Teens React, like, just because she's a teenager. Yeah. Did she volunteer herself? Yeah. Well, I think we were fans of each other, like, online. I think we followed each other on Twitter. Okay. And uh, so we were just like, hey, like, we noticed, like, she was coming out or, like, we were just like, hey, if you're ever in L.A., like, come be on Teens React or something. And she is, because she is a member of that younger generation, she's super into YouTube. So she Hmm. was very strangely like familiar with us and a fan of our channel. And so she's like, yeah, I would love to come be on Teens React. So she's actually been in, like, three or four like teens react episodes which is just crazy because we're all such huge game of thrones fans and like yeah. there's Arya stark like on our show <laughs> you're like can i get what? an anagram because yeah. old people do that yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see what else can i ask you tons of questions um so what's your favorite one to to do of the reacts or of anything that you guys make create uh, I don't. It's interesting. I'm, I'm split right now between. Look, I mean, there is always a kids react episode that'll catch me like totally off guard and like floor me. Um, it, it's recently it's been like a technology episodes, mm-hmm. whether it's like you know in rotary phone or a VHS player or something. Like those episodes <laughs> will just kill me. Um, in terms of stuff that I really enjoy, because I've now been plugged into YouTube for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by the YouTubers React episodes just because Interesting. those are so unique to the platform. There is no other show on YouTube or online that puts together so many, like, giant personalities. You right. know what I mean? Like, these are, like, the biggest people on YouTube and, you know, and hundreds of thousands and millions of, you know, and fans. And we'll have, like, 
eight or nine of them in the same episode talking about the same thing and the insight and opinions that they bring to topics especially like when we go into like memes or stuff mm-hmm. like when we rickrolled the youtubers it was like one of the funniest episodes <laughs> of my life um when we showed them uh we did a try not to laugh challenge with them like pewdiepie was in that it was just oh, like I love PewDiePie. so like yeah incredibly ridiculous like the the insight they bring to it because so many of them are either like og youtubers or they're they've been around the platforms for so long that they understand the audience they understand like you know and what we're talking about to such a intense degree that it's a very interesting conversation especially with the fines yeah. who are also kind of like og youtubers like just the <laughs> The conversation that comes out of talking about the silliest thing, mm-hmm. whether it was Darude Sandstorm or any other like trending thing online, it's fascinating to get their insight on that. Um, but then, you know, the teens, we started like gaming with them recently on the React channel, and that th- there are episodes of that that floor me. And then, yeah. you know, and how do you not like watching like the elders react to twerking or something else? Like, there's just so much. We gave them um, the Oculus Rift. And oh, I saw that you one. Just saw like. Then lose their mind because <laughs> they didn't even realize this technology existed and they're like on the verge of like, you know, and just like, how did like we get to be a part of this? And it's just like amazing. So they all, each one of them has a different kind of uh, strength that you don't. And I like it seems so organic when yeah. you watch them that they're, they're really reacting. And That's not... because it, like literally it's none of that is scripted. Like yeah. we, we script some of the questions that we want to ask them, but all of their rea- reactions are what that person thinks you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like sometimes we'll ask them to like clarify or something but none of that is being fed to them we're not trying like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's no cue cards there's no anything it's just these these people coming and sharing their lives with us which is crazy well i have a a question for you uh, in regards to reacting yeah so you went to japan how was uh how was the johnny green react to uh japanese culture so we got <laughs> we got an amazing opportunity again, like through YouTube, where that YouTubers React series. Um, they wanted us. They have a couple. YouTube has a couple different uh, sound stages across the world. Um, they have one in New York, a big one in LA in oh. Playa Vista. They have one in London. They have one in Tokyo. And I think they have, like, another one in Brazil. They, and, and there are a couple others that I think they're in talks. So they had a YouTube space out in mm-hmm. Tokyo. And they're like, hey, why don't you come out to Tokyo and do, like, a YouTubers react with Japanese YouTubers. Like, come film with, like, Japanese talent. And we were like, that would be incredible. What but, kind of Japanese talent did you do with? So uh, uh, some just the big Japanese YouTubers. Like, okay. we had uh, two people that were, like, musicians, um, uh, Hikakin and Daichi Beatboxer. Um, and then we had uh, kind of, like, a makeup guru slash, uh, like, candy vlogger whose uh-huh. name was like venus angelic uh and then we had another makeup guru and uh, uh another um uh like a sketch team called uh-huh. megwin tv um and these big and you know i'm, I'm so probably they, forgetting somebody what were they reacting to so <clears throat> all, all of their episodes are out on our channel now you can see um one of them was um tight pants body rolls <laughs> which was a you just have to like youtube it it's just <laughs> it looks like something tim and eric might do but it's just a crazy <laughs> music video done by this amazing comedian or comedian 
Um, and then, uh, what was the, I forget what the second one they did was. And then the last one was Japanese commercials. So we, in celebrities react and even, uh, and you, YouTubers react, we've occasionally shown, we try and collect like the craziest Japanese commercials that we can find. And we showed that. To I've them. seen those. So we were like, what Got if offended. we, what no. if, well, yeah. <laughs> well, we were like, what if we do that? But we actually show them to Japanese like YouTubers and see like what they think. Like, do mm-hmm. they think this is normal? Or do they think it's crazy? Okay. Like whatever else. And so we had an episode, the, the latest one, YouTubers reacted to Japanese commercials number two, and it's half U.S. talent and half Japanese talent, subtitled. And so you can see all these mm-hmm. big YouTubers reacting to these really wild and crazy Japanese commercials, and for the most part... Uh, you know, and the, the the Japanese stars thought, you know, and it was obviously pretty commonplace because they understood that it was weird, but they also, that's just how they were subjected to them their whole sure. life. And, you know, and Japan just has a, a different kind of mentality when it comes to, like, how you advertise yourself because, like, direct competition to another company isn't really, like, socially acceptable. So you have to kind of, like, distinguish your own qualities without ever, like, negatively referring to another brand. Mm -hmm. And then they also just subscribe to a much more kind of, like, outlandish sense of, like, you know, cultivating this ridiculous, like, feeling or attitude as it relates to their product versus, like, American uh, ads, which are much more kind of, like, direct and, like, in your face. Yeah, even American versus, like, European, there's a world of difference. I'm kind of getting off topic, but I want to tell you a story really quick. So when I was in Japan, it was really funny. There was this commercial about getting rid of bad smells, like, Febreze style. So then you see, like, a dog, like, pets come up and they spray it. And then you see, like, a dirty carpet and they spray it and then you see old people and they spray it and they're like get rid of old people's smell too I was like that's terrible that is really terrible (laughs) you know what I mean I just thought of that that was kind of funny I mean look I mean they're addressing an issue that is uh, a problem for them so I don't know that's how I spend my weekends I just go I Febreze old people that's just terrible Um, but it's a norm for them but with the success of going to Japan and making those YouTube uh, videos. Um, have you guys been to other countries, or do you guys plan on going to other countries and doing? I that? mean, uh, yeah, I would absolutely love to. Like, my one of my biggest passions is travel, um, and I, you know, and want to find a way to work that into you know in every future year of my life. That's one of my uh, resolutions: is to add a, like Very at good. least one new stamp to my passport every mm. year. And so, um, you know, and we'll see if I'm able to keep up with that. At least I've got one from you know in Tokyo now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've got Japan checked off. Did you have yeah. to get a passport for the Japan oh, trip? No. I, look, I'm a man of the world. Okay? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I've got a passport in my pocket. It's, it's recently updated. A Disney passport doesn't count, okay? Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the recent, you know, endeavors with the Fine Brothers going on to TV. I know you had the Nickelodeon sure, thing. Yeah. There's a true TV thing I just checked out. Yeah. So we have, um, w- towards the end of last year, we had a, a show on Nickelodeon called React to That, which was a spinoff of our React brand. It had a lot of the uh, same talent from our uh, Kids React, um, and some teens from our Teens React, and a, and a lot of like Nickelodeon stars. Uh-huh. And I think we had like a, one of the female Olympians on there. Um, and that was 12 episodes that I think you can check out on like Nick.com or uh-huh. something. So that was React to That. And well, then, how'd that do? 
good as far as you know, <laughs> we're concerned. We were very excited with it. Um, you know, and I think time will tell if there's ever like you know another season of that. But it was a great experience. It was like it was our first TV show. We were thrilled. Yeah, but how oh, I was stopping you? How was it working um, with a TV show um, with and your brand associated to it? Um, it it seemed to go pretty well. Okay. Like it, there was, you know, and it, there was a a lot of like, you know, learning uh, curves from both sides in terms of like working with the other uh, company. I don't think we quite got as much of a. Um, lead on being able to promote the show as as we w- would have liked. I think we found out kind of late when it was actually going to uh, come on the air. But as far as like, you know, and working with them, it was great. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and a very super talented crew, like just great, like sets. Like we were really happy with the edits, really happy with the shows. Uh, and we were able to do something that really looked like a TV show. Yeah. Like that was such a like a, a gorgeous show that we would never have been able to pull off kind of on our own without their help. Okay. Uh, and then um, we are now in production on another series with True TV uh, called Six Degrees of Everything. Um, is it serious? Uh, no, it's okay. It's True kind of, TV is kind of a jokey, right? Like pranky. Well, I th- I'm, they have they have a lot of different content on right uh-huh. now. I think they're kind of like rebranding slightly, but they've got a lot of just you know cool, interesting you know and trivia, learning you know and content. And this kind of show connects uh, topics that you wouldn't really realize in fun ways so it's kind of a play on the six degrees mm-hmm. uh equation but will connect to like i don't know mugs to you know something else crazy oh, like so you guys go through this different yeah, degrees we'll fi- we'll, yeah we'll find a very entertaining way of connecting different people or celebrities or you know it's concepts. like that kevin bacon degrees yeah, thing yeah it's a spin on that where, where did that idea come from it sounds kind of unique to make uh, a show out of that i think that w- it was just it was an evolution of you know in brainstorming and different <laughs> discussions with the network and yes it's kind of you know in, it, it, things get developed over time through continual conversations and stuff like that so yeah and what's your what's your daily routine um at work because you seem overworked and tired and exhausted and all that good stuff so <laughs> um like how, what 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 do you handle what's your capacity over there so it's it's different. It's you know, and it's different every day. That's mm-hmm. kind of part of the what makes it so fun and interesting. Um, I primarily, you know, and I'm a lot of the initials there. So you know, in COO, CFO, CTO, um, you can have all of them. Yes, I'm by default right now. Um, so, but are are the Fine Brothers that as well? No, they are kind of like the president and like CEO kind of, okay. so to speak. I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot of the other initials. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm graphic designer, uh, editor, yeah, yeah. HR, legal, gopher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, to the point where I actually bought. Uh, like nine different hats that had all my different jobs on them, and really? I put them on a bookcase behind me. And so, whenever you come into my office, you see the nine different like really? hats behind me. Oh, yeah. I thought so, you meant you put them on. Like, hold on, who no, am I no, going to no. be right now? Sometimes okay. I ask people, "Which hat do you want to talk to me about right now?" And then just so I can get my head in the right mindset. Oh yeah. my gosh! Okay. So that's you know, and my my day to day is you know, indifferent. I'm overseeing a lot of uh, different producers and a lot of different departments, and I'm trying to. Uh, make sure we're you know bringing in the right people and mm-hmm. that people are communicating well and every like expectations are you know logical and like it's just it's a lot of facilitation to keep the company do running you, smoothly. Do you um, run? Do you guys run auditions 
for the videos. Yes, I mean we do, we do scripted and unscripted content. Okay. So unscripted is the React series, and there's like camera tests for that. Like we'll do uh, casting calls, or we'll we'll try and like gather people that are interested in applying, and then we'll select some for mm-hmm. um, uh, camera tests and stuff like that. And then uh, for the scripted stuff, yeah, we'll do actual auditions because that's when we are looking for actors and stuff like that, and we'll. Do like um, you know, and they'll come in and camera test. Then we'll do script reads with them, and we'll try and find like the best actors for the best skits. But yeah. we're also in a position where um, we can tap a lot of like resources and friends that we're super fans of. So sure. if it is like you know, and somebody like um, Jack's Films or something else, we can like, hey, Jack, like we have this. You know, in last moments of relationships, it'd be really funny if you're like a boyfriend. Like, would you be interested? And if he's available, sometimes like they'll come and do that kind of thing for us, which is amazing because it's such great cross promotion. Mm-hmm. And you're able to feature another great YouTube talent. And um, but yeah, so so we're we're occasion we're lucky enough to be in a position where occasionally we can like tap some really talented people to actually come straight in and be in our stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's not, yeah. Um, so like I just mentioned, you work a lot. Yeah. Um, but most people quit their jobs if they're overworked and they don't yeah. enjoy it, which right. means you probably love your position. Yeah. What's the most gratifying part of being part of this company? Um, I think it's the... I mean, it's definitely the response that we get to the content that we make. Like, e- even when we spun off this React channel, we're trying to think, like, okay, we kid, people seem to really like this Kids React and Teens React stuff. I wonder if we created a whole other channel, mm-hmm. would people even care? Like, if we were just to, like, take those same people and do all new shows with them on this other thing? Like, would people be interested in that? And people just flocked over there. And, like, you know, and that channel right now has, you know, and millions of subscribers and... You know, and um, some of the formats that we'll test out and do over there just do so well. And it's, 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 we're lucky to be in a position where our hard work, you can see the tangible mm. results of our hard work so easily. Uh, so I would say that's one of the most rewarding things. The other th- side of that being that we get to like, find talented people to work with and grow yeah. with these incredibly, you know, and talented people that may have come out to LA themselves and they really wanted to edit and they, you know, and there are only so many TV stations. So like you can't be an editor there, but they, they came and be, became an editor with us and now they're growing in our post-production team. And so be, as we're growing, we're able to give people these opportunities, like these full-time jobs to like come and like help us build this company. So it's like, it's rewarding from a person-to-person side, and it's yeah. rewarding from a viewership side. Well, I, I know that like, the entertainment industry is not you know the most stable of yeah. industries. So, do you ever feel like you're like what What are the things that make you feel like you're taking a big risk for this company? Like, what was one of the biggest risks you guys felt like you took? Um, it's. Uh, hmm. Did I stump you? You might have. Um, <laughs> You're like, I don't risk anything. We're just I lucky. Because we look. I mean, I, I think we all. I think the fines and I both kind of look at you know in our budgets and stuff like on a year to year basis, mm-hmm. and we're all just kind of like, well, like we get to do this for another year. You know what nice. I mean? And so I don't think until everything goes terribly wrong or something, it's going to be really hard for us to like look back and figure out like, ooh, we really shouldn't have hired like X, Y, or Z or, or like well, you know, done happen. this mm-hmm. kind of like shoot. I mean, um, we've been in a lucky enough position that uh, um, our content 
um, has been relatively well received. Even when we kind of make a misstep or, you know, and create a show that isn't quite as good as another show, we're able to learn from that and we're able to continue and try new and other things. So we haven't quite kind of tripped ourselves up, you know, just yet. So, yeah. Are there any um, concepts or objects that you guys are working on in terms of people reacting to that you can mention here? Um, no, only <laughs> that, uh, yes, we're constantly thinking about yeah. that kind of stuff. So do not be surprised if in the next, like, year or so you're not seeing, like, you know, more series on our channel because we are aggressively pursuing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so has there ever been, like, a crossover where the Fine Brothers go into, you know, like, I don't know, Jenna Marbles' YouTube or PewDiePie's or... Yeah, they've they've done a couple collabs over time, but... Um, How about you? Uh, no, yes, I, the, the the unrelated Fine Brother doesn't get a lot Do of Do you ever want to be on screen? I, you know, and I, I don't have, like, the, the, you know, an acting bug inside me, you know what I mean? I, I love, like, being a part of the podcast and stuff like that that I'm able to creatively be a part of, but in terms of, like cameoing on stuff like i had a great uh time on our my music series i played bigfoot so i was in a giant you like, bigfoot yeah i was in a giant seven foot tall nice. like you know in bigfoot costume i could totally um, see that they're like oh we need a bigfoot yeah. all look at johnny uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty immediate decision um but no like i definitely get my kicks kind of like building stuff and behind the scenes i've always been a behind the scenes guy yeah. okay and um which one's your favorite no i'm just kidding which one's my favorite? no don't answer that i'm totally i'm totally uh, kidding which one is my favorite well i hired rafi so i have to say rafi because like you ha- i go back you you they were they both applied for that job no no, no. i think benny was already working or he was doing something else but the, rafi was the brother that i got to knew first so that's uh. the only reason i'll say that is i knew rafi first I grew to know and love Benny equally, but... That's going to go in my press release. Yeah, there you go. Johnny Green says Rafi's the better brother. Yes, I'm sorry, Benny. He knows I'm joking. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. Um, Well, yeah, thank you so much for stopping over and talking about, you know... That YouTube channel that's been. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, this has been like you know halfway interesting to anybody know. that's well, like super I, into YouTube. <laughs> I'm inter- well, well, let's ask. Um, I want to ask you for our viewers. Yes. Do you have any you know advice for people who want to make it big in the YouTube world who are just trucking along? Like, how important is it to have you know aesthetics, um, sound, and what is it? What's the key? I think. Yeah, I think that. The key is consistency. The key is being able to do something because you love it and because you can do it often. Um, You can't be getting into it to be a YouTube star because the cards are so stacked against you that if that's the only goal you have, you're not going to be motivated to actually do it long enough to Mm -hmm. even give yourself that chance. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't put up hurdles in front of yourself in terms of you need the latest and greatest camera and latest and greatest microphone and latest and greatest lights. Like, there's a thousand and one reasons for you not to do that thing that you want to do now, and you should just be doing it because you can do it. The the uh, level of uh, the bar, well, the the bar is the, the the bar to entry is so low. Okay. that you should just be doing it. Like, and you could hop on your laptop right now and be coming up with a format or a show or something that you want to talk about or a vlog. And if you're doing that and doing that long enough, and actually like 
trying to um, find other people of you know in your level that you're able to collaborate with and slowly build and grow. If you're able to do that for a couple of years, there's a chance you might be able to like spark something there. But if you're not willing to put in that work and effort, like that's where you're going to shortchange yourself. That's the person getting off the bus from yeah. Indiana and expecting to be in like the next blockbuster or something. I, I mean, I could just see it being so daunting because yeah. obviously, but that's why you have to do it because. You have to do it because you're not making any money and you're doing it because you love that show or you love that format. That's what that's the only reason to get into it or mm-hmm. try and create a YouTube channel is because the very act of you doing that, you would do that on your own if nobody was watching because so few so few people are going to be watching early on that if you're doing that for that view count you're going to have no motivation to continue. You're not going to be energetic or excited about the process. So that's my only advice is figure out if you are interested in that, figure out something that you would love to do if you were doing it by yourself and nobody was watching, because that's the only way you're going to, um, you know, stay motivated and want to keep doing it. And so you're saying lighting quality, sound quality, is secondary. Yes. Uh, yes. It, of course, all that factors into it as you're able to upgrade different mm-hmm. things. It's only going to add to your content. But if you're worried about investing in that off the bat, you know what I mean? You're yeah. almost setting yourself up for failure. Like you're going to go and spend a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars on all this equipment, and then you're going to do this show for a month, and then you're not going to get enough views, and you're not going to be interested to keep doing it, and then you're going to be out. You're going to give up, and you're just going to be sitting on a thousand dollars worth of equipment versus doing a show consistently over time. And mm. you've been doing this for six months, and at six months you reward yourself with a better microphone or a better thing, and you kind of over time you incentivize yourself and your audience and everything else. So. What do you think engages um, viewers when they're watching a YouTube video? Somebody that has a voice. Somebody that has a voice and a personality and something to share. Like yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody that wants to communicate, wants to not necessarily perform, but wants to share a piece of themselves yes. and be very honest and open because YouTube is such a personal platform that, you know what I mean, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody very, you know, I don't know. Well, how, honest and entertaining um i agree with you it's hard to find organic culture yeah. genuine people here in la just saying yeah. but um so youtube but also you know allowed people to start commenting on you know obviously people's talents and all that stuff yeah. but now there's also a lot of trolling and yeah. a lot of just harsh things to do how do you yeah. guys handle that so look that just comes with the territory right. you know what i mean like there's always going to be people that don't like, you know, what you're doing or just are in terrible places with their own lives that you know, <laughs> and they just want to share. Like, you know, and they're, they're doing it for the attention. They're doing it for, you know, a myriad of reasons. And I think the only way that you deal with those people is by not engaging them. Yeah. You don't, you don't give them the response that they're looking for. You know what I mean? It's not like some people are under this false sense of, um, like shining a light on them and drawing attention to them, like that's what's gonna like get them to, uh, you know, and change their opinion or disagree. And sure. it's just like, no, like the only way to deal with them is by not engaging and not, you know, and just, I just not addressing it whatsoever. I just find it like, as for myself, when I see good and bad comments, yeah. when I see a negative comment, it makes me not want to look at anything yeah. at all. And it, it breaks the cycle of even just responding to keep the conversation going in general, which yeah. I enjoy. So do, do the Fine Brothers and yourself, do you guys 
read the comments you don't engage but do you read them yeah of course and i think what you have to do is you have to get to a place where you're you are continuously engaging with the positive comments because okay. when you are when you continually see engage with the positive comments people see that and they want to be a part of that conversation sure. you're fostering the the positive side of that so yeah that's very important for us you just have to yes we un, like i totally understand that you could read a hundred positive comments and one negative one and the only thing that's going to stick with you is the one negative comment it just uh, okay this is obviously coming from a specific place but like sometimes it gets really racial yeah. and just i was born with this voice i'm sorry that yeah. it's raspy you know uh, yeah. just like crap how do you how do you deal with it and then you guys are successful i'm you sure you guys a, get you a balance a thick, i mean it's not just youtube i mean that's the entertainment industry in general and you mm-hmm. just need like an iron skin to be able to deal with that stuff like if 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 that stuff can if you're not able to get to a place where you can protect yourself from that then yeah over time you're just not going to be motivated you're not going to be interested because it it hits you You just you have to be able to apply context to those situations and not let yourself just get you know taken down by that i think i find it really interesting because when you think of like celebrities because of tv or movies Mm. um they're on the tabloids and all that stuff, but their kind of negative comments come from news and pop culture yeah. where YouTube stars don't really have that kind of same notoriety. It yeah. really but, stems yeah, I mean, from... You can, like, but at the same time, look at any celebrity that's got a social media presence and you're going to see the same thing. Like, sure. Anytime you give... Uh, uh, the public a chance to um, to comment on anything you do or say, it's going to be there. It's going to be a part of that conversation. So it's just something you have to learn to deal with. And as a showrunner, how important do you think social media is in terms of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Uh, I mean, it's you know, and it's the lifeblood. It's right. it's it's the it's our billboards. It's our TV ads. You know what I mean? Like if if you're not where your audience is, how are you possibly going to get them to engage with your content? So, Fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We'll see. You're so great. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for doing uh, this. Oh, one more question. Yeah, you keep having questions in my head. So when you did the reacts, what your first video, what was your very first react video? Like what, what, and how did you get these people to react? These kids, like, I don't, I don't know. I, the first, (laughs) the first react video I think was, um, Rebecca Black. I think she was one of the first ones. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That Friday Friday chick. But it was also, we were also showing them, I think, a couple different things in the episode. Like, it wasn't, like, a dedicated episode, I think. I don't know. I could be totally Interesting. I need to look that up. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. All right. Okay. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. And uh, tell our viewers where The Fine Brothers can be found. So, yes, YouTube.com slash The Fine Bros or YouTube.com slash React. We're also The Fine Bros on Twitter or The John Show on Twitter. No H, J O N. Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah, those are our main. And then if you look in our YouTube descriptions, you can find all of our social media pages. Were, were you born with uh, no H? Yes. Interesting. Like all the correct Jonathan. There's something very cool about your parents. They're like, we're yeah. going to make this happen. Okay. And you can find me at K-A-O-R-I-O-U-S on Instagram as well as Twitter. And thank you guys for joining us. And rate, comment, subscribe down here. Nice stuff. Or we won't cool. engage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you guys some other time for some more Spotlight Ons. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.